This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 17th of November. And Norman, we're watching this outbreak in South Australia with real keen interest. It feels like it's blossoming into quite large numbers before our eyes. When we're recording this, we're talking about at least 17 people. The numbers might have increased by the time people are listening to Coronacast. What sort of action does South Australia need to be taking now and what have they announced in terms of action so far? They've announced a range of interventions, limiting to some extent pubs, closing down gyms and other recreational facilities although um, and sports training, although outdoor activities can continue. 50 people at a funeral, pubs can have 100, but they've got one person per four square metres. So they, they've kind of done a bit of a control here, but you know, pubs are high-risk areas, as are gyms. Um, they haven't restricted weddings beyond what was allowed beforehand. So it's it's kind of a bit of this and a bit of that, although they have gone in harder than Victoria did at the same stage. People are saying, is this the second wave in South Australia? I don't think that you can say that yet. It's a, it's a cluster outbreak. If they lose control of it and you get exponential increase, then you would say that it's a second wave. But at the moment, it's a cluster outbreak. As we speak, the numbers hadn't increased during Monday. The interesting thing is that it looks as though it's been going for a week and therefore you've got this virus that's been brewing and what you're seeing now is probably you know an incubation period away from the first infection. So you're starting to see new infections emerge where people have become infected. So the, so the question then is, have they tracked down every contact here and really getting it down to um, where people might have caught it from? Or are there still people incubating over the last week or so? Because sometimes it can take eight to 10 days for it to come out and then they've passed it on to somebody else and that can take another eight to 10 days. It does take a couple of weeks to really understand what's going on. That's right. They've backdated some of the health advice to the 9th of November and the states with people who've been in South Australia are asking people if they were there from that date onwards to to isolate and so forth. So when did this start then, if, if the 9th of November is the date that the health authorities are talking about? Well, one assumes the 9th of November is when it got out, but they've not been clear about that. So where to from here in South Australia? Is it just, I mean, should they go into a full lockdown like Melbourne did or are the measures they're taking now sufficient given the, the still relatively low numbers? They sort of feel like they're growing quickly, but is it overkill to, to lock down an entire state? over, you know, a dozen or so cases? So there are two or three variables here. One is how fast are the numbers growing? Are they growing faster than contact tracing can cope with them? And are any cases turning up where you don't know where they came from? So those are kind of the the variables that you're playing with here. And if they're growing pretty fast and contact tracing is starting to get stressed then you really do want to lock down to stop people moving around so that you can get this under control. And for every day that you wait to do that, when it's really starting to increase, it's a week at the other end. So short, sharp, total lockdown can really get this under control and allow the contact tracers to find out where everything is coming from. But if they're finding day by day, you're only getting one or two extra cases, you know where they're coming from, contact tracing is okay there in in terms of knowing where things are, 
then you probably don't need to change things too much. But if, if there's any indication that this is slipping out of control, particularly out of the control of the testing and the contact tracers, you've just got to go to full lockdown, even if there aren't very many mystery cases or any at all. Well, we want to hear from you if you're in South Australia, if you've got questions or comments or just need to vent, send us a message, abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click on Ask Us Your Question and mention Coronacast in your question so that we can find it. But we've already got a few, Norman. Sheila's saying um, we need to talk about hotel quarantine. The attitude that this was bound to happen is wrong. It shouldn't have happened with good infection control. Yes, well, we've yet to find out what happened in this case. Two security guards and a back of hotel person is what's been reported by the chief health officer. So what happened? What went wrong? How did infection control break down? Everybody seems pretty confident they've got a good system in place, but why did it break down? It's clearly, uh, uh, there's clearly a failure here. And I noticed Sheila also asks, uh, where is sewage testing in South Australia? Well, we talked about sewage testing yesterday on Coronacast. There is sewage testing in South Australia, and that will be a key part moving forward to find out whether or not they're missing anything. And Sheila's also asking a really good question about purpose-built quarantine facilities. I don't think that you probably need too many more escapes from quarantine around the place to think, well, hotels are not necessarily the best place for this to happen, and there are alternatives. We are committed to bringing people back from overseas, but hotels might not be the best place for it. And Sarah's asking about masks. She says, Adelaide resident here quietly freaking out. Uh, is it time to suggest mask wearing in South Australia, at least in places like shops and public transport? And she feels like it needs to come as a recommendation from the government to say it's mandatory to make it normal now as it is in Melbourne, because people in Adelaide typically aren't wearing masks at the moment. I noticed in the queues that were being shown on television from Adelaide of the testing, um, queues people are waiting for testing, a lot of people were wearing masks. And masks are now mandatory in South Australia for aged care and, and, and unless you can really guarantee there's social distancing. So it's mandatory in aged care. You really do not want to get this into aged care and strong recommendations for mask wearing elsewhere. So they, they have not mandated mask wearing uh, apart from those particular circumstances, but you wouldn't take too long to actually say you should do it and you can always relax it later. It's a very cheap and effective way of stopping spread when you're really not sure what's going on. And a question from Sue about testing in these hotel quarantine facilities. South Australia's only just instituted weekly testing of Medi-Hotel staff following the current COVID outbreak and Sue's asking, should testing be more frequent than once a week for these workers? Well, I noticed they've mandated testing for many hotel staff so that they're insisting on it. You probably would want to do it once every five days rather than seven days, since five days tends to be the period from, um, you know, tends to be the average incubation period of the virus. So you might want to shorten it from every week. And you wouldn't want to do Rapid testing, um, although we've been talking about it quite positively over the last few weeks, it, you know, more and more research is coming out that it's not as accurate. You really do want to do proper PCR nasal swabs of uh, people working in many hotels. You've really got to make sure that everybody gets tested who's working there, whether they're symptomatic or not. And Norman, a non-essay related question for you from Marie, who's a year six student at Goodness State School from her, via her science teacher, Mrs. Williams. Do you think the Black Death would have been easier to handle than COVID-19 if people back then had had the resources that we do now? 
Well, um, really, that's a really, really good question. The problem with the Black Death, so we're talking about plague, uh, a bug called Yersinia pestis, it wasn't a virus, was that when it mutated, it spread quite widely in animals. And therefore, you had a lot of animals, different animals spreading. Even geese would spread, could spread the Black Death. So lots and lots of animals could spread the Black Death. And then you had fleas. Now, obviously, we, we don't have as many fleas around because we're living in more sanitary situations. But the real problem with plague was that you could get pneumonic plague. And pneumonic plague is actually highly infectious via aerosol. And you could actually catch pneumonic plague and die within a day. And it had a much higher death rate than the bubonic plague, didn't it? Like one in two or one in three or something horrible like that. Yeah, pneumonic plague was just the one you do, you, you do not want. However, what we do have today are antibiotics, and antibiotics do help the plague. So the answer for Marie is that we would have controlled it better, but it could have been very nasty very quickly before we got it under control. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. We'll love your questions. Don't forget to send them in from South Australia. We particularly want to hear how you're going and what you're thinking and what you want to know, what you know more about. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. 